Truly, uh, we're living in the age of self-tapes, right? I remember a time, not even like three years ago, when you would have maybe two or three self-tapes a month. I mean, it was all auditions, right? Um, and the sort of thought, the school of thought at the time was, you know, how expensive getting self-tapes done because typically it meant you had to go to a studio, had to have somebody else prepare this for you. And so I know, you know, a lot of clients were like, Oh, I can't do a self-tape. Can't I go in in person? Can't they squeeze me in? And you know, it's difficult obviously when you're dealing with many different provinces and having to do those self-tapes for all over the place. But I would say that something that the pandemic has certainly brought to light is how important it is to have your own setup or to have a resource that can assist you with those self-tapes, you know, places like Laughing Viking and uh, other self-tape studios. Laughing Vikings Live. High vibe chats with actors, comedians, and creators, plus stand-up comedy, sketch comedy, and most importantly, you. That's right. Join us every Monday for new episodes and you can be a part of the show on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Twitch. Ask questions and interact in the comments and make sure to share this with your actor, comedian, and creator friends so they can be a part of the show too. Can't make a live show? No problem. You can catch up on your favorite podcast platform and visit laughingvikings.com to find out how you can join the cast and crew. All right, it's time for today's show. Buckle up. And make sure you stick around to the end because we have a special surprise for you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Laughing Vikings Live. Happy Monday Fun Day. Let's go. Hey, hey, here we are. Episode 61, Laughing Vikings Live. We're here at Laughing Vikings in our Toronto studio I'm Lars, of course. We got the BK Broiler, Brandon Knox. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing fantastic, Lars. It is a good Monday. Yes. Uh, over the weekend, winter arrived here in Toronto. We have a beautiful dusting. It's a winter wonderland out there. Uh, but I still much prefer sunshine in the beach. So if anyone has a free ticket to the beach somewhere, let us know. And uh, <laughs> we can fill that spot and head down to a beach and sip some margaritas and waste away in Margaritaville. But in the meantime, we have a fantastic episode. This one's going to be a little different. Often we are interviewing actors, comedians, filmmakers. Today we have something very, 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 very special. So if you are an actor without an agent or an actor with an agent, but you want to improve your relationship with your agent and improve that um, symbiosis that you have with them, stick around. I don't know if we even need to chit chat about our weekend or you just want to get into it. Yeah, Let's just, get, into, we're get it. into it. We're just going to yeah. get into it. Normally, we just chit chat and we shoot the shit for a good five or 10 minutes. But this one's going to be so good and so much valuable, valuable information that we're just going to get into it. So uh, am I doing the intro or you're going to do the intro? You're going to do the intro. I'll do the intro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat. Our guest today, she is an agent and co-founder of Grand Wave Entertainment, who is a fantastic agency here in Toronto for TV, film, theater, voiceover, stand-up, live performances. And we have the great fortune of having a ton of their clients here at Laughing Vikings doing their self-tape auditions. And a bunch of them are stand-up comedians and friends of ours, too. So without further ado, or maybe a little more ado, please give it up for Carolyn Sterling. Bring her on in. Woo! Drum roll. Hello, hello, hello. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I know that um, agent schedules and just your entire lives are, are crazy busy and deadlines, deadlines, deadlines. So thanks for taking the hour out of your time. Um, and this is great because we communicate. I mean, if it's not a, on a daily basis, it's close to a daily basis, yeah. sending audition files back and forth for your clients here from Laughing Vikings yeah. and um, seeing seeing our names on WeTransfer files. And I will, I want to acknowledge you, Carolyn, and just say a shout out to you. Um, two things. One is that you almost always, even if it's just a, um, like, we're just sending you a file, you almost always reply with a thank you. So thank you for your thank yous. I'm thanking you for your thanks. I'm grateful for your gratitude. Uh, and I, I like, not that I'm holding a grudge at any agencies that don't say thank you, but it's just a nice touch. And I wanted to, just to tell you that it doesn't go unnoticed. And wow. the other thing that's, um, that, I, that I notice about you as an agent that stands out is you often give feedback on the tape like you've actually watched it and give an opinion. And you'd be like, oh, great, that was so much fun or love this or love that. Often the feedback's very specific. Um, I know that's great for us as a, as a studio here so that we know that we're doing good work and obviously keeping uh, agents and casting happy. But also I know from the actor side, not that, I mean, you don't want to be a person who needs a ton of val validation mm -hmm. or is needy, but it is nice to hear from an agent or from casting and get some feedback. And yeah. I, I think that's an exception to the rule. I think most of the times we yeah. submit an audition and it just goes into oblivion and you wonder if anyone saw it, if anyone liked it, what they thought of it, what, what you could have done to improve it. Um, so thank you for your feedback. And I'm sure your clients thank you for that too. You're, oh, you're very gracious. You, of with course. That. I mean, truly, I consider it not just part of the job, but I truly do enjoy it. I mean, I love to see clients growing and learning and you know going to somewhere like laughing vikings where they are i know they're getting good coaching i know that you're taking the time with them to like run it a few times and provide some takes so it's truly my pleasure to be watching self-tapes and i think you know i don't want to tell anybody how to do their job but i think it's a real disservice to the clients if the agent's not watching the tapes um because you know first of all you just want to make sure that it's in the right format before you send it off to casting, you know, I know a lot of times casting has very specific requirements, but you also just want to see what your client is capable of, you know, what kind of material are they producing? Um, and also to check up on the, um, the, sorry, this casting studio or the self tape studio as well, just to know that, you know, the quality coming out of that place is excellent as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I th again, I think a lot of the times there isn't that feedback. And also to shout out to you and your clients. Um, I think every one of your clients that comes here is a stand-up comedian and or sketch comedian. So the tapes are always really fun. They're really funny. So we always have a blast. So and, and maybe I'm going to do a, the, a direct shout out here. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Sandra Badalini. Yeah. We're talking about Phil Luzzi. We're talking about Chris Locke. He was yeah. here earlier today. Yes. We're talking about Pat Thornton. Yeah. Um, Guled Abdi, one of the creators of Tall Boys, was here on the weekend. It was his first time here. Yeah. So uh, Jeff who Young. am I missing? Jeff Young was here. Yeah. Who else? Anyone else? Am I missing anyone? Oh those, are, those are the, Chris those are the usual suspects. Chris Robinson. Oh, yeah, of course. How could I forget Chris Yeah, Robinson? I mean, look, yeah. he booked a series off of a self-tape he did with you guys. So, yeah. you know, proof positive that you guys are doing excellent work as well and appreciate you. Thank you. 
Yes. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into it uh, mm-hmm. here. First segment, we always start all of our guests with this. And you are our first agent to do, to do this segment. So this is great. Uh, this is called the one minute life story, Carolyn. Brandon's got, he's going to throw a 60 second timer up there. You got 60 seconds to tell us from birth right up to today, all about Carolyn Sterling's life. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Carolyn Sterling's one minute life story starting now. Well, I think I always had a flair for the dramatic. I always, you know, enjoyed live theater, comedy and production. So even from an early childhood, you know, we're talking grade school, high school, I was involved in every production that was happening, Um, you know, sort of fancied I had this desire to make it in Hollywood you know thought I was going to be a celebrity and I think you know as a youth it was that was the goal like I just want to be a celebrity even at that age it felt it which looking back was a very very weird thing to desire um and then I went to university for it I went to Queen's University um in their dramatic arts program um graduated from there and by about fourth year realized that I wasn't truly loving my experience on stage anymore it you know I wasn't I didn't feel like I was growing or learning or absorbing it in the same way that I felt some of my truly excellent and talented friends were absorbing it so I decided to go in a different path and I've gone way over a minute I'm so sorry should I stop? Okay. We'll, give you, yeah. we'll give you bonus time. No, we're yeah, we'll give you bonus time. time. Go ahead. Keep going. Bonus time, never been done before. Bonus time. I know. I'm yeah. sorry. I wasn't prepared. Um, <laughs> in fourth year, I decided to start looking at the other side of the industry and to go into the, you know, not administrative side, but into the business end of, uh, you know, the, how the industry works. And then started, you know, expanding my horizons beyond just theater into film and television. I worked... Uh, right out of university at Alliance Atlantis, which has now become, I believe is now Shaw. Um, and Chorus Entertainment was my second broadcaster that I worked for. Um, and that was, I was there for an extended period of time working in their legal departments. Um, so I was reviewing contracts for a really long time. <laughs> I've seen everything, you know, from talent to acquisitions. And I think that helped to formulate, you know, an idea in my mind about what I truly wanted to be doing. I always knew I wanted to get back and working with talent in some way. Um, So when I left Chorus and went to work at Diamond Field Entertainment, which was a management company here in Toronto um, that focuses on stand-up comedian, I worked there as administrative assistant. That's where I met Morgan Flood. And from there, you know, that's where we met and we've, you know, sort of been together ever since, uh, started formulating, you know, an idea of our work processes together. Um, he left to go start a new roster at, uh, the agency group at the time is what it was called. Um, and when I left Diamond Field, I went to join him, you know, shortly thereafter. And, you know, that's where we sort of, started to get a sense of, you know, how we work together, what we were looking for. And we found that our, like, you know, we truly were aligned in what our business strategy was and what we wanted to do for comedians and, you know, performers in this country and in this city. Um, Unfortunately, the agency group was bought by UTA, which is one of the largest agencies in Los Angeles. Everyone's familiar with them. Uh, They represented some of the biggest names. At the time, I think the biggest client was Johnny Depp. Like he was on a, you know, an Oscar 
uh, campaign at the time. Angelina Jolie, I think, was also a client at the time. Um, and, you know, Morgan and I just sort of felt like this wasn't in line with what we wanted to be doing. We weren't here to, you know, help Johnny Depp get his next role in Canada. We were here trying to foster relationships and build careers in Toronto. So um, we left UTA in, oh my gosh, it's going to be six years now in February of 2022. And, uh, you know, just... <laughs> hit the ground running. We were, you know, didn't, uh, neither of us had any experience with running a business. I obviously came from an administrative legal and financial background. So, you know, sort of took the lead on a lot of that. Um, but then it became sort of a boots on the ground effort to find talent and to recognize what we wanted to work with. And I know that's Beautiful. way more than a minute. Oh, ding, that's ding, so, ding, yeah. Ding, ding. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Carolyn Sterling's Three-minute life story. Oh my God. You, got, you got bonus time. No, agents, agents, you're you're very thorough. You're very mm -hmm. detail-oriented, which are the that's the skill set for an agent. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Thank you. Um, all right, Brandon, you got a couple questions locked and loaded. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Carolyn, what was your very first performance? I know you started in performance, so I, I'm curious to hear what was your very first one. I mean, I'm sure I did something that was like written by the drama teacher way back in grade school. Uh, I remember something called the Puppet Master. Uh, I was in grade five and I was a really tall and like big child. So I was never sort of playing the like, you know, princessy roles. And I was cast as the male lead, the villain in this production. I was the Puppet Master. <laughs> nice. Wow. So Title was... character, first yeah. off the bat, that's awesome. Yeah. I think probably being the tallest and, you know, already having probably the deepest voice <laughs> at the school probably had something to do with it. But uh, yeah, the puppet master. And I think the drama teacher's name, I mean, Mrs. Brown uh, was the drama teacher at my school at the time. And I believe she wrote it. Nice. Beautiful. Nice. Yes. Good, good you know chunky monologues for you just to, to feast upon. <laughs> yeah some real meaty material I, I can't even really remember the like synopsis of what the production was all I know is that I was the bad guy and I was like controlling these characters in this fantasy world I mean I know there was a prince I know there was a princess like was there was there a moment in the show where you were like now I have control of you oh, yeah Oh, God, that's awesome. Oh, I'd be lying if I was like, you know, you're on stage and you just, you can feel the reaction. I know comics talk about this all the time. It's like, that's what's feeding you, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what's giving you that desire to keep going um, and to, you know, make it a life's passion. And definitely there was like a moment in my like 10 year old brain where I was like, Oh, these people are all watching me and they're <laughs> laughing and they're enjoying it. I'm going to do this forever. <laughs> That's great. I love that. <laughs> but you didn't do it forever, no. but you, you did continue to work in the business. You remember what was your first professional paid gig in the industry period? Oh my gosh. Professional paid gig. I mean, I wasn't paid all through school, obviously to do school productions. I would say... I think probably when I started working at Alliance Atlantis and just, you know, regular nine to five employment working there um, in the finance department. So, and, but 
Alliance Atlantis at the time was like just such a unique and cool experience. It's unlike any other sort of office environment that I worked in subsequently from that, um, in that everyone was really young, everyone felt very hip. And, you know, it's like you knew you were working on something that was just vital and very cool. You know, I had a lot of close connections with like the film distribution company. I think at the time CSI, the original iteration was like the biggest show that we were part of. And, you know, we had a lot of Oscar winning films that we were distributing at the time. So there was always sort of this buzz about the, office everybody just always was excited and happy i remember oh my gosh this was the the films that were going on at the time were the lord of the rings movies Ooh. oh cool yeah and so you know everyone obviously super stoked to be any part of that production and uh and i remember for christmas one year they uh, they uh, rented out a movie theater and took everybody to see the movie oh cool yeah did they, yeah, that's, did, that's, was it like a screening where you got popcorn and wine yeah. and all that? Oh, yay. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It was very cool. Like it just, like I said, and I think it probably is like a function of like my age at the time. I was early, early 20s and everybody who I felt like at least everybody who was working there was sort of in the same boat. We were all, this was all our first jobs and we we're all just really excited to be there. And, um, you know. But it, definitely, it was definitely a great first experience into the industry in that it, you know, even though I was only working in finance, I sort of saw every aspect I saw at what everybody was working with. And, and I was friends with people who were working in all the different departments. So I, you know, knew how promotion and publicity was working. I knew how the distribution was working. I had friends, you know, who were reading scripts of some of these movies years before they were being made and, you know, mm -hmm. talking to and meeting with producers and directors and stuff. So it was a really cool time. Was there yeah, a film so that or a script that you saw while you were at Atlantis that you ended up seeing later on as an agent that you were like, okay, no, you have to go for this. I read this. I know this. No, I, unfortunately, nothing like that has happened. No, fair. <laughs> uh, no, they didn't trust the, uh, you know, the finance clerk with uh, reading the scripts at that time. Oh, well, that, too bad for them. Right? But, yeah, missed opportunity. I'm sure they trusted you enough to invite you to the fancy parties, though, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> that's that's really cool, and I'm sure that has really informed your relationships and, and your advice and your ability to manage and, and be an agent to know sort of the, the overarching workings of the business yeah. and the behind the scenes, because a lot of people don't know, especially as actors, we like we know the on-camera stuff and and um, like the actorly stuff, but we don't really understand how things actually get made or how things get pitched or how they get distributed afterwards. So yeah, that's I, great. Yeah, I would definitely say it was an invaluable experience, you know, and uh, working at Alliance Atlantis and then subsequently at Chorus, I mean, much of the same, you know, working in the legal department there, just meeting with producers and sort of getting a real keen understanding of like how shows are pitched, how shows are selected, what the development process is like, you know, all these steps that happen way, way, way before an actor ever sees a script, ever auditions for it. Um, you know, it really informs the way that I, you know, Morgan and I both run Grand Wave and, uh, you know, how we represent our clients. I think having that background experience is invaluable. I would never have traded, you know, I know it sounds weird to say, you know, working as an office drone, nine to five, 
five days a week was exciting, but it truly was. I mean, I did feel like I was learning things all the time. Beautiful. Um, and so speaking of Grand Wave, you mentioned it a little bit in your life story, but can you tell us more about how Grand Wave came about, how you and Morgan founded that? And also shout out to Morgan. I've known Morgan um, since his Diamond Field days when he was producing the stand-up shows at the Alt.Comedy Comedy yeah. Lounge at the Rivoli. Yeah. So I knew him there and, and always saw saw his relationship with other comics and how chill and down to earth he was. And But also I would see him after sets talking to comics and giving them advice or breaking down a certain bit or a joke. So I, I always felt that he was very hands-on and, yeah. and saw that, um, saw that side of him. So it was great. Yeah. But can you tell us more about how you guys founded Grand Wave? I mean, truly, I think it's, it was born of a necessity. Uh, like I said, we were working at UTA, which had, you know, just bought tag where we had like literally been working for six months. Um, and, it just wasn't working for us. We, you know, no slight on them. The way they run their business is obviously very successful. And, uh, you know, we should all aspire to, you know, take over the world in that way and some, you know, someday. But it wasn't in our hearts what we felt like we were here to do. Um, and we felt like, you know, some of our clients were being, you know, they just weren't give, being given the opportunities that they deserved. So, you know, when we left... Uh, UTA and decided to start Grand Wave, you know, there's a long discussion about what the name of the company should be. <laughs> um, and that took, you know, several days. Um, but, you know, truly, we, we had already sort of been running our own, I don't want to say running our own company, but we've been sort of running our own roster out of the agency group before they were bought by UTA. So we've been given this, again, hands-on experience that I thought was invaluable, where you can sort of see how to run a company and how to run a, a small business. So, you know, when we left and we started our own, our own thing, and it was all very amicable. They were very nice to us, very supportive to us. Um, you know, I know you hear a lot of horror stories out of Los Angeles about, you know, middle of the night escapades where like clients are leaving different agencies and agents are leaving and starting their own thing. And it was very much not like that. Everybody was very supportive at TAG and UTA. And, um, you know, we felt like we were in a good place um, and, you know, brought the roster that we'd already sort of started working on. I think at the time, I want to say we had like 20 clients at the time and, uh, you know, started working with them immediately. Uh, I'd say the trickiest part was, informing everybody for the third time in a year of a new company <laughs> name <laughs> you know it's like you know having to first explain okay we're with the agency group nope now it's uta nope now it's grand wave entertainment and so i think that was the biggest challenge you know we were receiving forwarded emails from uta for months sometimes even a year down the road like hey i think this is for you <laughs> but i have uh, two i have two follow-up questions to that one is where did the name Grand Wave come from? And number two is, do you remember any of the other names on the short list that didn't make it? Yeah, um, well, more, uh, full credit to Morgan with Grand Wave, um, because we always knew we didn't want to name it after ourselves, um, because, you know, it's not about us, but we wanted to be reflective of, you know, what we are. Um, so Flood, another name for Flood is a wave. And Sterling is great or grand. Um, so that's how he came up with Grand Wave. Ah, I got it. That. Yeah, full credit to him. And uh, I believe, you know, one of the, I, 
I'm sure there were many, but one of them that sticks in my mind because I think we were really close to it was like Equinox Talent or something like that. Right. I just like the way it rolled off the tongue, I think. Right. <laughs> it had no, like, no meaning whatsoever. I was just like, I like Equinox. And then Morgan was like, right. I think that's a car. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're, you're, you're not wrong. So <laughs> Grand Wave it was. And then uh, my husband designed the logo for the company. He's a graphic designer. And uh, yeah, that was, you know, little things like that were just really exciting. You know, because you start to see those little pieces come together and you're like, oh, this is happening. We're right. we're starting a business. Uh, you know, it's not just like, oh, we have to get business cards and stuff like that. It's like, no, now we got to go incorporate and make sure nobody else has this name and all right. that other stuff. Then you find the domain name and then the Instagram and the Facebook oh, and you're like, all yeah. this stuff is available. Yeah. yeah, man. Like, yeah, exactly. And like full, full credit to Morgan on all of that, because as much as I can like be business you know, oriented in that way, administratively and financially, I had no clue how to like make a website, make emails work and stuff like that. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, we complement each other very well in, you know, our strengths that we bring. Um, you talked a little bit about Morgan's history with the alt dot and, you know, producing that for a long time and then producing the comedy night at the Drake. Um, after that, when we started Grand Wave, you know, he has unparalleled knowledge and expertise, in my opinion, when it comes to stand up representation and, you know, helping our clients formulate sets and prepare themselves and make those steps in their careers, you know, where they're not just doing 15 minutes at a club, they're going on to do festivals and they're going on to film you know, comedy specials for Just for Laughs and all over the world, um, you know. I, I kudos to him because he really champions a lot of those efforts. Yeah. And, and speaking of uh, stand-up specials, uh, Sandra Badalini is a fantastic actor and stand-up comedian. She Ooh. recently filmed uh, hers haunted house over at yes. the Redwood theater. Brandon and I happened to be there. Were you there that night? But I don't know if we, I was not, but oh. I heard it was a fantastic night. It was great. Yeah. The set was beautiful and it's, mm -hmm. um, macaw productions that's the production yes. company that they shoot all of the uh the specials on i think that's such a smart idea to you have the agency but then you also have an arm of the agency or or a a, a side sister company yeah. macaw to film all that stuff so that, yeah. that, and that was very there. important Morgan, from the beginning is to you know have this facility or these capabilities in-house where he could be helping people you know do their own uh, comedy specials, you know, Dave Merhaj being one of them, and went on to win the Juno that year. I mean, that was a huge year for Macaw and for the efforts of Morgan and uh, Millen Cur uh, Curry Sharples, who also works at Macaw with Morgan. Right. Beauty. Uh, Brandon, what do you got? So we're going to delve more into what an actor can do to get an agent. So, mm -hmm. Carolyn. How and when should an actor get an agent? At what point in their career should they be looking to get an agent? I think this is a different uh, situation for who, whatever your experience has been or where, whatever you are, wherever you are, sorry, in your career right now. Some people 
do a lot on their own. They do, you know, non-union work. They are self-submitting. They're doing self-tapes on their own. They're auditioning on their own. And then they book like a really big job or they get an offer for a big job and realize, oh my gosh, I can't manage this on my own. I need, I need someone's opinion. I need an expert to help me out. And then they look for them then. Um, other people, you know, straight out of high school, straight out of university decide I need to start looking for uh, an agent so that they can help me sort of travel this career path uh, from the very beginning. So I'd say there's no wrong time to be looking. What I think is more important is the why you're looking. Um, what is it that you're doing right now that is telling you you need to have that assistance or you need that next step in your career? Um, so I would say there are certainly, I don't know if you have more questions that you want to ask, but I can just like delve right into it about, you know, how you should be looking for an agent and what are the things you should be doing when you're starting that search, I think is more important than like the when or the how, or sorry, not the how, the when to do it, but the how yeah. is very important. Yeah. Please tell us, talk about the how in your, in yeah. your opinion. I'd say first and foremost, you need to know what it is that you want out of your career. Are you happy to be a background performer or an SOC commercial performer? Um, you know, think about or research the types of careers that you want to have. If you aspire to be somebody like, you know, a Jennifer Lawrence and have, have big blockbuster credits under your belt, then perhaps, you know, research a little bit about what her trajectory was like, what her path was like. Um, and in terms of like, you know, you're in Toronto, you're looking, let's be realistic here. You're in Toronto, you're looking for somebody to represent you locally. Um, look at the different agencies. And I think most agencies have a website. I mean, I know Grand Wave does. And if they don't, I highly recommend that people invest in IMDb Pro. It's relatively inexpensive for a year-long subscription. And you can go on there, and for the most part, the agencies list their entire rosters. So you can say, look, I aspire to have a career like, let's say, like Chris Robinson. And you go online, go on to IMDb Pro, you check out Chris Robinson, and right at the very top, it says represented by Grand Wave Entertainment. And then you can go to Grand Wave Entertainment and look at the rest of the roster and say, okay, look at who these people represent and look at some of the projects that their clients are working on. What do they seem to excel at? What do they seem to be you know, expertise in. And, you know, obviously Grand Wave at this time, a lot of comedy, a lot of stand-up. So if that's you and that's something you're looking for, then that's somebody that you should be reaching out to. Um, you know, you also need to consider, I'd say secondarily, you need to be considering the type of representation you want. Do you want to be sort of one of hundreds of clients who are being, you know, submitted fairly, like obviously very regularly, or are you looking for more of a niche managerial style representation? Um, so that would be the difference between looking at some of these agencies that have hundreds of clients and, you know, look, they have prestige. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with being at one of these giant agencies. Obviously there's, you know, benefit to that. But if you're the type of person who knows that you need to have like a hands-on approach, you want to have somebody who's guiding you and able to talk to you and, you know, answer emails and get on the phone with you every day or every week, 
then some of these boutique agencies, I think, are the better way to go. So I'd say those are the two things you need to think about. What this agency, you know, excels at, what is their specialty? And, you know, what kind of representation style am I looking for? And once you narrow down what that is, then put together your short list. And there are certainly plenty of places. Like I said, IMDb Pro is a great resource. I know Actra also lists agencies, so you can research there who, you know, might be a reputable um, agency for you to reach out to. I'd say avoid agencies that only exist on social media platforms like uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. And again, nothing against those places. I'm sure they're, you know, they've got their own business models, but I always caution people like you want to protect yourself and you want to make sure that you're getting the best representation possible. So you know, do your research, look at who their clients are. Do you recognize any of them? Do they have the careers that you aspire to? That's who you should be reaching out to. That's great advice. Um, mm -hmm. So when, when an actor who's unrepresented gets to that point where they get down to their short list, what do you look for as an agent as far as like what they need to have in order for you to make a decision to represent them? Uh, mm -hmm. As far as materials, experience, training, any of those things that, that yeah. really pops out to you? Yeah, I mean, I would say to anybody who's looking to reach out, the number one thing you don't want to do is like a cold call, a phone call. Don't cold call an agency and just say, hey, I'm looking for representation. Because number one, I can't see you. I can't see what you've done. I, 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 majority of the time, I'm not going to know who you are. I apologize. Um, so what I would say is put an email together and put together you know, almost like an interview package that show me all the things that make you great, why we should be interested in you. And that can be a demo, that can be a resume, that can be headshots, that can be, you know, your 15 minutes, um, you know, that you did a comedy bar the week before. Um, or if you don't have those things, send us self tapes, send us coaching tape, uh, anything that shows us what you can offer and what it, you know, where it is you're coming from. I'd say, you know, for Grand Wave and I'm sure for our other agencies, it's not just about like having an impressive resume of hundreds of credits and big name, you know, directors and projects under your belt. Sometimes there's just like an it factor, you know, not a non-union performer who's just come out of college or university and is been very well trained, has a very distinctive voice and, uh, you know, poise to them you know we've certainly signed a couple of people in the in from those experiences who we just felt like had something very special and unique to offer and we felt like we could you know help them get to that next step so anything that you think puts you in the best light that's what we're looking for you know Beautiful. So like special skills, that sort of thing. You can juggle, you can ride a unicycle, you can mm -hmm. speak different languages, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, that I think is secondary <laughs> to demonstrating your abilities and your voice. Right. And, you know, but of course, it's lovely to know that you can speak multiple languages. It's great to know that you can juggle and, you know, perform circus tricks or, you know, that you were a... I don't know that you were an NFL draft and that, you know, you've come from a sports background, you know, all of these things make everybody unique. And I think that's part of, you know, Grand Wave's philosophy is that we want to have a very diverse roster of talent and not just, 
you know, racially and, you know, ethnic backgrounds. I'm talking like I want a diverse group of people who come from all different experiences and different, you know, uh, performance levels at different places in their careers, um, because ultimately I want everybody to be elevated. Awesome. Yeah, um, next, that. next question relating to when someone is on your roster, how would you describe your, your dream client or actor relationship? And you can describe this in general terms. If yeah. you want to use specific examples from people on your roster and give them some shout outs, yeah. how does that work for you when you're like, Oh yeah, this person is just killing it. I love working with yeah. them versus maybe the, 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 the opposite of that, of being like, Oh, this is a quote unquote problem client. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to say anybody on the roster in particular is a problem client but of course I would say you know I think communication is always key and my favorite people you know to to work with and you know it's you know you're not going to pick favorites but I love people who are on top of their communication and are not just like quick to respond to an email or a text message or whatever but like are clearly communicating to you what it is that they need, that we're on the same page in terms of what their career goals are, that is what I find the most rewarding. If somebody can clearly communicate to me and I clearly communicate to them what a strategy would be to help them achieve those goals, that is when you're going to have the best agent talent relationship, I think. Um, And, you know, obviously having all the different technological uh, things that are advantage right now, you know, zoom and FaceTime and everything else, but, you know, taking that time, I think, to touch base with people, find out how they're doing, you know, how have the last few auditions been, you know, those, those are truly like, I think the best clients. I mean, it's not always just about the booking. I mean, the booking's lovely and great. And that's what everybody's aspiring to do. But I think the journey along the way and building the relationship of trust uh, between the agent and the client is also really rewarding and exciting. So I would say communication is absolutely key. And then on the reverse side of that, like the worst, you know, communication uh, is never hearing from somebody, uh, you know, that is not ideal, obviously, but then there can be too much as well. I mean, I know that a lot of, everybody's always anxious about their performance. Like, how did I do? What's my feedback? And I know everybody wants to hear from casting, but we have to remember casting is literally watching tapes of hundreds of people every day. And not just for the role that you went out for, like think about all the roles in that episode or on that film and -hmm. and all the people they're seeing. So I would say, you know, not to be, you know, too eager to need that feedback from casting because they're not often going to be able to provide it. And I I would say most of the time, what I hear is when something is fantastic, I'm going to hear and I'm going to tell you. It's not like I'm I'm keeping that information for myself because I want you to know as well. Um, So that can be, I wouldn't say terrible, but it's a tricky situation to handle, you know, when people need constant you know, validation or reaffirmation that what they're doing is good. It's like, I'm telling you, you're good. You know, you're doing good tapes. I'm watching it. I'm providing the feedback. Um, And if casting continuously brings you back in, this is what I always say. If casting's bringing you out multiple times for the same project or multiple times for various different projects, that casting director likes you and they think you're doing great work. 
So continue to do the work that you're doing. And, you know, when it hits, it'll hit. Love it. Yeah, um, it sounds like um, a lot of what you're saying, and you use the word several times, relationship. A lot of this is like any any other relationship where, first of all, you got to figure out, are you guys a match? And if mm -hmm. you are and you want to move forward, then it's really everyone always says relationships are about proper communication, yeah. whether it's under communicating or over communicating or being too needy or too too independent versus too dependent. Yeah. So yeah. finding that uh, that happy place there. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, what do you got? You got something else? Yeah. Yes. So we get to the meat of this. Carolyn, what are the importance of self tapes? And we want to hear some of the, the great stories you've seen, some of the bad stories you've seen, and maybe some of the ugly stuff you've seen on camera and self tapes. I mean, truly, I, we're living in the age of self tapes, right? I remember a time not even like three years ago when you would have maybe two or three self tapes a month. I mean, it was all auditions. Right. Um, and the sort of thought, the school of thought at the time was, you know, how expensive getting self tapes done because typically it meant you had to go to a studio, had to have somebody else prepare this for you. And so I know, you know, a lot of clients were like, Oh, I can't do a self tape. Can't I go in in person? Can't they squeeze me in? And, you know, it's difficult, obviously, when you're dealing with many different provinces and having to do those self-tapes for all over the place. But I would say that something that the pandemic has certainly brought to light is how important it is to have your own setup or to have a resource that can assist you with those self-tapes, you know, places like Laughing Viking and uh, other self-tape studios. Um, so I would say the importance of self-tape auditions now is fundamental. Uh, it can't be avoided. Um, you know, casting will accept a tape that's done on your cell phone, but you have to try to make it look as professional as possible. And that means good lighting. That means a blank background. That means good sound. And, you know, whether that means trying to find a brief moment in time when the next door neighbor's baby is not crying or, you know, this has been the challenge. You want to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, this has been the challenge for so many of our clients is, finding quiet while doing these self tapes in the middle of a busy downtown. I mean, you're talking about roommates, you're talking about construction happening on the street right outside your door. You're talking about your, you know, my, my kid doesn't go to bed until seven o'clock at night. So I can't get you that tape until nine o'clock, like that kind of stuff, uh, you know, has been really challenging for people. You know, we try to accommodate as best as possible. Um, but I would say in terms of doing your own tape at home, fundamentally, good light, good sound, and a good reader. Um, you know, I know that casting accepts self-recorded, you know, my own voice and stuff, but there's just not, you can't match having that interaction with another person. I think it truly helps your performance if you have somebody that you're bouncing off of. Right. Yeah. It brings the, the script off the page and it brings the, the characters yeah. and the scenes to life versus right. being a very robotic read or often it is a family member or a close friend. And if they're a non-actor, A, it can take double or triple the amount of time just because they have to keep doing retakes or just at the end. Obviously, the reader is not the important person. The actor on screen is the important person, but you can't help but hear the other person. And if they're butchering their lines or they're really yeah. slow and choppy, yeah. it's hard for I'm sure it's hard for casting to get oh, into that tape totally. and to feel good about it. Oh, and totally. And I mean, look, at the beginning of the pandemic, when casting was accepting tapes, 
you know, people were working with what they had. We didn't quite understand, you know, how to do Zoom auditions yet. We didn't, you know, none of that. So people were just like using their roommates or using their family members or like using their moms, you know. I've, I've received some quite adorable tapes of like, you know, 60, 70 year old parents <laughs> reading the roles of kids and reading the roles of love interests and, uh, you know, hearing from clients being like, that was the most awkward self tape I've ever had to do. Like, <laughs> so, you know, it's been a challenging year, I think for sure. But um, I would say it, the good thing that's come out of it is it's shown people that they can sort of take the reins on this element, this aspect of their career. You can be in control of your audition and submit what you want casting to see at the end of the day, you know, or, right. or is casting going to cast you from, you know, a, an iPhone audition that's not centered, that's in the dark. I can't really hear you because you, you know, the sound was off or whatever, or there's a jackhammer happening outside, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I that fundamentally is what you have to be considering that the source who's going to review this. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes down to first impressions too, is, yeah. is regardless of the, the, the total performance, if the first impression is, Oh, this seems like an unprofessional tape and I'm sure casting, I mean, hopefully they watch most of them from start to finish, but I'm sure based on time, they realize a few seconds in, ah, this, this is not quite cutting it. And then they move on to the next one potentially. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's those first impressions and we have a ton of people that come here that, like you say, they love self-tapes because now they do have the control. They have the extra time um, to, to really perfect it and craft it yeah. and make sure it's the take that they want. Yeah. Um, whereas the, the usual in-person auditions, you walk in, you get one take. Maybe if you get lucky, you get a retake. Yeah. And you might already know in your head, be like, oh, that wasn't the yeah. one. And then it's, yeah. okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you're out the door you know after traveling an hour and a half too. across the city yeah yeah oh yeah i traveled halfway across the city to like spend five minutes with somebody yeah i think you know the nerves too of doing in person uh, much can be alleviated when they're able to prepare this self-tape and you know especially if you have several days to a week to do it you know ah, bless that's the best have yeah, you ever had you go lars uh have you ever had tapes that come in where you have to tell a client because of quality or because of a reader or anything like that, that, that I am not going to submit this. We need you to retake this mm -hmm. and, and take oh, another yeah. crack at it. Of course. Yeah. I mean, the, this is part of the reason why, you know, I encourage, you know, the clients to send it to me rather than have them just upload it to casting themselves, because it's good to have that, you know, buffer somebody to review it. And not just because, you know, obviously I'm very interested in how people are progressing and what their performance is. But I mean, there's been a few times where, you know, a client has, you know, flubbed a line at the beginning of the scene and started over, but like been like, you know, and then had to start over. I'm like, well, we can't send this, <laughs> um, uh, you know, you know, little things like that. But uh, yeah, you know, having bigger conversations about, you know, I think you missed the mark. This wasn't quite hitting the comedy notes that I think this particular production is looking for you know how about you go back and try it again throw in a little improv see if you can like make it your own voice um you know notes like that it's like oh remember this is a hallmark mow you don't need to take it quite so seriously it's supposed to be fun you know that kind of stuff right um, i disagree i think you should take hallmark as seriously as possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly you know, so 
Uh, yeah, certainly. And, and, you know, not not sending it back and being like, well, this is garbage. I'll never send this to casting. It's just like, <laughs> I think we need to have a conversation. I think we need to like retool this, rethink it. But, you know, for the most part, the clients that you're working with are people that you've been fostering a relationship with and building a career with. So nobody's sending me anything that I, that I don't trust. Uh, you know, I trust every single one of our clients implicitly that they're putting in the work, that they're doing their best. Um, that, that when they send me a tape and if there's a flubbed line or if the sound isn't good or the lighting is, you know, weird, it's not because they don't care. It's because, you know, time constraints. This is the only time I had to do it. Or these were the only available people that could help me with it. You know, extenuating circumstances certainly happen. And I would say it's very, very rare. Maybe count on one hand the number of times I've had to get back to somebody and be like, this isn't the one you need to go back and redo it. Beauty. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, going back to your point about background noise, I think there has only been one tape where I have let the background noise continue. That just uh, and I believe it was your client, Pat Thornton. Oh, <laughs> there was sirens that went off in the distance, and mm -hmm. I was just like, "Wow, perfect timing on that." Yeah. And it ended it so quickly. Yeah. Well, and it's hard too, right? Because you don't want to like you don't want to interrupt the take. You're like, they're doing so awesome. This could be the one that we send to casting. And like, mm -hmm. look, if that's what happens, that's what happens. I've sent self-tapes that people have done in hotel rooms. Like, you know, it it can't all it's not always gonna be ideal. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just have to work with what you have and do your best. And you know, that's when a little finesse with casting comes in handy for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, you get a you get a knock on the door. Housekeeping, housekeeping. <laughs> That's not a line. That's not in the script. Uh, uh, next question, um, and this is maybe general advice, but just what uh, what advice would you give to performers, actors, and or stand up comedians uh, that you think would help them elevate their careers and or their performances? Read scripts. Read as much as you can. Um, and watch as much as you can. You know, I know it's like there was a popular, you know, feeling or sentiment years ago about like, well, I don't watch TV. There's nothing good on. <laughs> Who's that helping? That's not helping you. You don't know what's out there. You don't know what networks are greenlighting. You don't know who the performers are that are sort of in your wheelhouse and, you know, and who is booking these parts that you're going out for. So I, you know, my best advice is to, you know, in terms of educating yourself is watch as much as you can read as much as you can. Anytime you can get your hands on a full script or other sides, um, you know, get that material and get that in you because that's going to inform your performance going forward. You know, not just in terms of familiarizing yourself with a particular project, you know, like let's say for example, something like ghosts has a very particular comedy style. And if you're not familiar with what that is because you've never seen it on TV or didn't bother to watch any before you did your self tape, you know, that could hinder you, um, you know, similarly, you know, think of something on the exact opposite end of the spectrum. Let's say you're auditioning for succession. You're not going to go in there and like, you know, just be loosey goosey about it. There's a very particular 
cadence to that show that it, it, it you know you would do well to inform yourself of um so i always encourage clients you know especially when it's you know a bigger meatier part it's like watch a couple of episodes of this show so that you understand what it is that they're looking for these are the you know the style of actors this is the style of performance this is the wardrobe that they like you know nobody wants to see you going out for like you know batwoman which is shot i, I as far as i can tell almost entirely in the dark um, <laughs> like going in there in like a neon yellow shirt and be like i'm the brightest happiest person uh, you know and this is my comedy performance um so yeah that's my biggest piece of advice uh, in terms of educating yourself is watch as much as you can, read as much as you can. And then if you are able financially and time-wise, because I know that everybody has different constraints, coaching and training is invaluable. If you can find a good coach that has been recommended to you by either your agent or by other actors, or even if you wanted to like, you know, start a group of actors helping each other out. And I know that several of our clients do this where they have like a weekly meeting with other actors and, you know, they talk about the self tapes that they've had. They ask for advice from each other on, you know, what they could be doing to improve. And, you know, even something like that can help you improve. That's great advice. Yeah. And I think I, I've done this early in, in my career. And I think a lot of uh, actors do it where when we get a, a breakdown and we get an audition from an agent, often the temptation is to skip to your role and the name of your role and then skip to the script and see how many lines and you miss the production company, you miss the writers, you miss the executive producer, you miss the producers, you don't watch a handful of episodes to get the tone. So, and all of those can inform your performance and, and you're Absolutely. right. If you, if you miss the tone or in ghosts where it's literally a show where some of the characters you're not aware of, no. <laughs> if you've missed that, you're going to submit an audition that um, thing is just going to be like, we can't use this because you have no idea what you're even auditioning for. It's like, yeah. you don't even understand the world. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a great idea. And, and to any actors out there really look, look like there's a reason they give us all that information and, and it's to inform you and to help you yeah. and to help you realize what you're actually getting into here absolutely. so to, to ignore that is a, is a huge mistake oh absolutely i mean look every single self-tape that i send out i'm including you know, the showrunner the directors the writers the executive producers and look up all those people again hearkening back to like imdb pro if you have that go and look this person up go look up that director what else have they done what seems to be their style go look up that showrunner or that writer what seems to be this you know the cadence of their writing. Um, I, all of that informs a good self-tape, a good audition and can help you grow. Love it. Love that. Brandon, what else? What else we got? We're coming down to the wire here, I think. Okay. Yeah? Uh, uh, I think we're at quote. Are we not? Is Are there, we? I think we're at quote. Oh, well, let's let's do this, uh, Carolyn. Yeah. I know that no normally we're asking actors and comedians about their projects and mm -hmm. maybe thing they want to pitch or, or plug. Um, two questions. Any projects that you want to share about your your roster? And then the second part of that question would be, uh, we always like to ask this, what dream project do you aspire to create? Uh, maybe you and Morgan have something in the works that you want to mm -hmm. produce on your on your own and, and then plug in all your your uh, clients into that project. So tell mm -hmm. us about those exciting things. Well, first of all, I, I, I 
be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, the various CBC shows that are going to premiere in January that star or created by or were written by or, you know, involved Grand Wave clients in one capacity or another. You know, I'm very excited for Run the Burbs, Andrew Fung's new show with Pier 21, um, which stars Chris uh, Locke and Julie Nolke and was also, uh, Neelu Handed was a writer and consulting producer on that project. We're very, very excited about that one. Um, as well as the return of Tall Boys, which of course was co-created by Goulet Abdi. Um, and we have uh, tonight, <laughs> Monday, November 29th, I don't know if uh, it'll be too late for the podcast, but uh, our client Matt Wells is going to be starring in a holiday movie on City TV tonight at, uh, I believe nine o'clock oh boy 8 30 around there <laughs> and uh and chris robinson going to be a series lead in pillow talk for crave in the new year we're also super excited so proud of him like talk about a hustle talk about a hard worker chris robinson has really grown so incredibly well over the last several years i mean when he first joined the roster you know obviously a stand-up hustling hard and doing his thing over there and booking commercials here and there, but really truly in like the last couple of years has taken, I think started taking his on camera experience really seriously did the coaching, did the work and his self tapes reflect that. And then, you know, to book a lead role in this series has been astronomical. It just so thrilled for him. So um, yeah. And, you know, grand waivers, doing all these sort of exciting things. Pat Thornton can be seen in the new Resident Evil movie right now, uh, which is awesome. Um, Mariana Fung was a series recurring on the new Why the Last Man, which was on uh, FX. I think the whole series is out now, so you can stream that. And uh, yeah, we're just really proud of everybody. You know, hard workers, for sure. Yeah, everybody's move, moving and shaking. And, and in a year where a lot of people were complaining that the pandemic and everything blew their career and blew their, their year out of the water. A lot of people also having banner years and the best careers or the best years of their career so far. Yeah, um, yeah. And I know, I'm sure I speak for Brandon too, that one of our favorite things um, as running the sessions here is that we get to see sort of behind the scenes, we get these audition scenes. So we're seeing pilot episodes of new shows that we obviously have to keep confidential yeah. But we get to run those scenes. So Chris's scenes from Pillow Talk, we got to work with him and they were hilarious from the get-go on paper. Yeah. But then to get to work with him and we give creative suggestions and we try things back and forth. Pat Thornton's uh, audition for um, uh, Resident Evil. Evil, that was a Zoom one where yeah. that was during the pandemic where he, we were in a lockdown and we just connected over Zoom Um wasn't a stellar home setup but we got him so he was like it was decent and it looked all right sounded all right but got to work with him on that too so it's so fun for us to 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 initially do it but then when we get the the good news it's almost like not that there are kids but you feel like it like some of my some of my favorite moments in my career haven't been me getting the news that I booked something it's hearing that my friends book something huge because you sort of uh, a rising tide lifts all boats is kind of the quote that, that comes is, and just have the vibe that, that, that everyone's honestly, winning. Yeah. That is our favorite quote here at Grand Wave that, you know, Sarah Garcia 
earlier this year booked a, a guest star, recurring guest star on The Flash. And, you know, that was just huge for her. And in terms of, you know, the quote, a high tide raises all boats, because she booked that out of Vancouver, that casting director then started to consider some of our other clients. It's almost like, wow. you know, that one person opens the door and changes the narrative about Grand Wave. It changes the way that we're perceived out in the world. You know, we're no longer just the comedy roster that we have clients who do really powerful drama, who can do superhero shows. And, you know, yeah, we absolutely live by that, that quote. Uh, it's one of Morgan's favorites for sure. Well, it certainly fits perfectly with the aquatic uh, theme of Grand Wave. Yeah. And also, shout out shout out to Sarah Garcia. Fun fact, she was uh, one of my kickboxing trainers at a boxing gym uh, nine round before the pandemic. Oh she, was, she was training on the side, so I, I got to meet her. We've never crossed paths in, a, in an acting arena, yeah. but um, she was working the pads and, and oh. uh, making me sweat pretty good. So shout yeah. out to Sarah. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's awesome. She's going to have a great year too. Some really cool projects coming in 2022 for her as well. Amazing. Yay. Amazing. Good to hear. All right, Brandon, you've got a, uh, a inspirational quote to send you know us what? on our way this You guys, week? you both gave me such a great quote for today. So we're going to leave it off with that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you hear it, everyone? A rising tide lifts all boats. So. <laughs> Um, be around people who are moving and shaking, be yeah. positive, be uplifting, mm -hmm. be empowering. Yeah. Uh, and certainly don't be the, the worst thing is when you see actors where they're like begrudging the success. Or I think it often happens in the stand up comedy world where people see other things. They get a, another show or they get a, a credit or a festival or something. They're like, oh, that should have been me. How's he getting that? And that's just the worst attitude you can have. That's just like just a, attracting negative things to yourself. So yeah. just, mm -hmm. just trust that it's going to happen for you. And, and yeah. if you're around positive people, then um, and it's going to it's like it's my favorite thing in the world, because then I I realize I'm like, OK, all my friends, everyone I came up with, everyone I'm working with, they're all doing stuff. It's like, you know, you're in the club and you know, your your time's going to come around. Um, if you're if you're in that um in that club i guess or or teamwork uh yeah. i don't know what i'm saying you guys know what i'm saying though i know what you're saying uh yeah you, you got me yeah. uh jennifer jennifer dysart says uh love it thanks this was great thank you jennifer um and we also want to let all the uh the actors and performers out there uh, to check out laughing vikings we always do the first audition session free here at the studio or via zoom and uh, you can also become a member of Actors Audition Club. And what do we do? We help actors rehearse and record professional auditions via Zoom or in studio without tech hassles, without having to bug your family and friends so that you can focus on your acting. You can have more fun and ultimately book more roles in TV, film, commercials, theater, stand up, all of those things. So uh, check us out. Make sure you comment um, or sorry, make sure you listen, uh, listen and subscribe on all the podcast platforms. We're pretty much everywhere. And uh, check us out online. That was great. Oh, Sarah, we got another one here. Yeah, that's Sarah Mahosa. Hi, Sarah. That's, you know her, friend of yours? No, she, that's a client. Oh, she's a client. Great. Thank oh, you all and love to hear the meaning behind the name Grand Wave. See, we're, we're just uncovering these nuggets of wisdom here. All <laughs> we're educating. We're educating. Educating, yes. Um, thank you so much, Carolyn, for, uh, for, 
being on the show tonight and, and for being a great advocate for all your clients and and for Canadian entertainers and performers in general. Shout out to Morgan. Give him our best grand waivers. We will look for more floods and more tsunamis of grand wave success into Thank uh, you 2022. Thank you so much, guys. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. We'll see Thank you again. You. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.